Are you at your point where you think you've hit your bottom or maybe that there's just no way you're ever going to feel like things can change? I was like that. I really was. And I want you to know, my name is Bromo, by the way. I want you to know that there is a way out. Please join us for my podcasts. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, this is my second one. Second one for today. There is a way out. My name is Bromo. It is the 22nd of January, like I said earlier. Here in Bismarck, where it's about 23 degrees, nothing's changed. (laughs) Why am I giving a weather report since the one I did earlier today? I just wanted to keep doing these, get my story done. I'm really excited, like I said, about putting others on so they can share. That, to me, is the most, uh, um, most important for others to feel like they have an outlet, not just listen to me. And listen to my story and then we're done. No, I want this to keep going. I did uh, 30 of these, like I said, about five years ago. I changed companies, radio stations, so therefore I wasn't allowed to bring the 30 over that I did. I've kept the name, which is awesome. I work for Town Square Media now. Like I said, Bismarck here in Mandan, a suburbs of Bismarck, I guess you would call it. 12th floor elevator still busted, the radio station we're at. Once again, uh... My sobriety date is 2-1709. I am an alcoholic. I'm coming up on 15 years. We always have to say if if I get there, which is next month, I'm not an expert. I don't have any kind of certificate on me. I just have experience. I guess you would call it life experience. Uh, I have relapsed. Well, you'll hear my story continue, but I have relapsed three times. The last time wanted to kill me. Where I left off the last story was... When I moved back to my place, my condo apartment slash in Mission Beach with two roommates, back to my same room, same lifestyle, uh, kicking that off, still working at the radio station, uh, still doing crazy bet payoffs and such, still uh, telling my stories of drinking, stories of uh, trying to ask women out after I've had way too many. I'll give you a, a quick example. One time there was this gal that uh, I had my eyes on. Of course, that was obvious because I have such a big mouth. I told that to the host, Dave. We wound up calling her on the air with me trying to flirt, which bombed miserably. Then we had a sky show. A sky show now was a fireworks display at uh, the old stadium in San Diego with uh, synchronized to classic rock music. It's one of the it, it still is, but it was one of the most memorable days uh, of the year for me because so many people, about usually about thirty-five to 55,000 people would fill the stadium, and it was, it was sponsored by our KGB radio station. And it was huge, and we would make a full day out of it. Uh, we would broadcast from the parking lot, and then, of course, usually there was a bet payoff that I had to do. For instance, one time, I lost a bet, paid it off in the stadium parking lot uh, during the live show 
in the morning where I had to pull Dave with something tied around my rope, probably a rope tied around my waist, whatever it was, which would pull a chariot, chariot, however you call it, with him inside it, riding the chariot, and I was naked, going around an audience full of a bunch of people, and I would pull him, get it, like, I'm your master, whatever. Cop the vigil in your head. But uh, there was that gal that I had a crush on. When I came back from the Sky Show, she actually called me. I couldn't believe it. It was one of those amazing things. She called or she texted me. And at that point, I was already two or three martinis deep. Martinis were one of my things that I like to drink, vodka martinis. And I had what's called a martini clock. Once I had, you know, a bunch of beers in me, once I cracked open a martini and put that in me, my clock started. And after so many martinis, my clock would expire and so would I. Not maybe not maybe the black and dark out fog, but just just basically falling asleep. I was not an angry drunk. I was not a crazy, wild, run around and do this or do that drunk. I was just a flat out drunk, relaxing on too much alcohol, and my martini clock would constantly, I guess you would call it, black me out. Many times I've woke up not really remembering what I did the last couple hours. That's not necessarily a blackout, I would say. That's just being so drunk, forgetting what you said. I remember where I'd be at, but for those of you that have had a blackout, it's not good. It's scary. Anyway, this gal... She texts me, I think, and she says, hey, we're coming out to your neighborhood. And I told her where I was at. I was at the bar, my favorite bar called Saskas. And she said, hey, we're coming by to see you. And I'm like, yeah, right. She's not coming by. I have a, I, let me have another martini, please. I'm up at the bar and boom, 45 minutes later, the door opens and here comes five gorgeous women in black cocktail waitresses. And one of them is going to kidnap me is how she put it the one that I liked they well they kidnapped me they put me into a limo the limo went about a mile and a half down the street to a bar and here's how drunk I was trying to get into that bar the bouncer goes he's not coming in look at him the guy can barely walk so I couldn't even get into a bar because the bouncer said "Uh uh-uh so they dog piled me back into the limo took me back to Saska's Ruined that shot that I had with that woman. And then, I guess what happened was I walked across the street to my place because even on autopilot, drunk as hell, I remember where I lived. Went over to my front door and passed out. And by the way, when I passed out, I not only passed out, but I I also urinated in my pants and I had blue pants on which you can see the front clearly in a picture taken by one of my roommates as my eyes are shut. I got the keys in my hand trying to put it into the key, put it into the, uh, into the door, trying to let myself in, which I failed. Like, and one of my roommates found me that way. I saw the picture the following Monday because it was sent to uh, someone from our show, and they took that picture and put it on the social media so everyone can see, I believe. And probably for the first time, I was shocked on how 
miserable I looked. My face was puffy, red, bloated, sick. I was embarrassed. And, you know, I had that fleeting moment for a while. I was embarrassed for quite a while. Of course, until I went out and got drunk again. Went across the street and uh, to my usual. Now, in this time frame, I'm back at my place. I had moved back. I've picked up my lifestyle again by myself, slowly getting over the girl that I loved. And things are great. Things are great, like I said, but my last podcast segment, I said that I noticed I was getting the shakes. The shakes wasn't going away. That concerned me. And for the longest time, what concerned me was it, it would not go away until I came home from work and downed my second large glass of clear vodka. Clear vodka. How else would you describe, describe it, you goof? When I would drink my second pure glass of vodka, the shakes went away. And I was ready to force something into my stomach. I knew I had to eat something. Remember, I don't know, remember, I don't even know if I ever told you this. I, to this day, I, I don't drink a lot of water. Never really, you know, you see some people walking around like a camel holding the water bottle, <laughs> drinking water wherever they go, you know, and some people love to tell you how many cups and glasses of water you need every single day. I've always hated water, always. I'd rather drink a Diet Coke, which I got going on right now. So, uh... Yeah, street vodka was the only thing that seemed to chase away the shakes. And that was a routine that had now stuck with me. That's why they call it routine there. And uh, it, it didn't alarm me at first. And then when every day the shakes would come and not go away until I had two glasses, a big, huge glasses of vodka, it began, began alarming me. So much so that at night, when the shakes finally went away, I worried. I'm like, are the shakes ever going to stop? And then something said, well, maybe you should try to stop drinking outright. And another part of me said, no, I don't know if I can or not. That's the thing, see? I was getting to the point where now I'm starting to realize that I might have a problem. I might have a problem for, uh, for the fact that now I'm worried that if I stop drinking, well, I'm not. I'm, I'm worried that I'm not going to be able to stop drinking. Does that make sense? If I put myself to the test, could I do it? And a big part of me said, heck no, you can't do it. You can't even go half of a day without drinking. You tried a long time ago with your ex-girlfriend, but you can't do it. And I remember taking a bath one night. Yeah, I took a bath because you know why? It was the only way I could lay down and relax and try and put that vodka down into my system. My body now was starting to smell like vodka when I woke up in the morning. Like I said, I didn't drink water. There was no water that was coming out of my pores. The only food that I consumed wouldn't last long. So all I was doing was putting vodka and alcohol in my system, a little bit of food, going to sleep, waking up, doing the whole thing again. It's amazing to me, like I said, I didn't stroke out before because my blood pressure was so bad, which, by the way, I was not taking my blood pressure medicine. And uh, I've always had high blood pressure since college when I ran cross country. I think I told you a, a therapist, physical therapist once said to me, she took my uh, blood pressure. She goes, you know what? It wouldn't surprise me 
if you had high blood pressure, you'd have to deal with that the rest of your life. And she was right. And that was back when I was in the best shape of my life. So here I am uh, with my roommate now. One of them got married, so she left the house. And so it was just me and my roommate. And my roommate left a lot to go out of town for work. And when she did that, it would be awesome for me because I could just come and go and I can drink round the clock. So on a routine Friday, I'd come home from work and start drinking, pass out, wake up around 6 or 7 in the morning, drink all the way up until about 10 or 11, pass out, get up around 2.30, drink some more, maybe take a quick nap or pass out and repeat the cycle, go all the way through midnight or so. Did that without hardly eating at all. My body was being ravished by just straight up alcohol. Uh, like I said, the girl at the gal at work that did the traffic would see me from time to time. One time I went into her studio and she said, I can smell booze on your body. I can smell alcohol on your on your breath. She said, you are an alcoholic. And once again, I d- was angered by that. You know, you know, F you. You don't need to tell me that. You're the one that keeps going on the air talking about your meetings and how you're you're an alcoholic and you deal with it. I'm not going to. Because I'm not, because I'm always showing up here at work and I don't call in sick. However, the cycle of calling in sick was soon to start, by the way. And so I, I angrily was mad that she accused me of that. But a big part of me didn't want to accept it because that's what I was. And that's what I am today, of course. But that's what I was back then. A burning alcoholic that was getting worse and worse depending on the alcohol and booze that I needed to go on every single day. Now, going back to procrastination, my bills were piling up. Phone bills, uh, my car payments, because when you're drinking a lot, what's your first priority? Your first priority is making sure you have enough money to buy your your uh, alcohol every single day. And just, uh, I've got a app on my phone, I'll tell you about it sometime, where it actually calculates how much money I probably spent daily on a daily basis. And almost 15 years, uh, I've calculated this. So I'm almost 15 years sober. I've saved from the calculation that I put in every single day that I estimated of drinking, you know, round up high or low. Um, in almost 15 years of being sober, knock on wood, I've, uh, it says about $134,000 I've saved. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not funny, but it's true. And think about it on your own level. If you think that you drink too much or maybe how much money you've spent, think about doing that. Now, um, when I was, uh, when I was not taking care of things like, like for instance, the most important payment besides rent would be my car. I will never forget procrastination once again, not taking care of things because uh, my priorities were all about alcohol. I'll never forget one afternoon, three o'clock or so, I'm playing some stupid video game and uh, my phone rings. I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't recognize the phone number and normally a lot of us don't answer if we don't recognize the phone number, but I just thought, eh, what the heck? And I said, hello. And this guy goes, 
Is this, uh, is this Dave? Because, you know, that's my real name. I go, uh, yes, who's this? And he tells me his name, and he goes, uh, listen, I don't want your car. I went, what do you mean? He goes, we don't want to come and take your car. You owe a lot of money for your car. You haven't paid rent. Paid rent. You haven't made your car payment in two and a half months. You're, or you've made some payments. You're way behind. We need to get you up to speed. Is there anything you can do today to make some sort of gesture? Because we know where you work. We know where you live. We know what your what kind of make your car is. We don't want your car. We don't want to come and get it. You know, thinking about it on the flip side, this guy was doing me a big favor, kind of, don't you think? I mean, they could have came and take, taken my car away. I was shocked. I started up, again, almost hyperventilating. I couldn't believe it was happening. I got off the phone, and, of course, uh, I knew I had to do something quick because I lived about 16 miles away from work, and you're not going to catch any kind of bus at four o'clock in the morning or whenever I went. So I picked up a paper and looked and saw that there was a car for sale, some lousy Honda for two grand. And uh, I called the guy. I said, is your car still for sale? And he goes, yes. And, and he gave me the address. I get off the phone. I call my mom up. At this point, my mom health-wise is not doing that well. She's having a very... She had a lot of trouble walking and communicating. And, uh, you know, the selfishness of the disease. I only had one solo thought in my head. I need to somehow get rid of my car that I have now because they are going to take it. And I need to get this $2,000 car. But the biggest thing that I really need to do is get all this taken care of so I can come home and drink tonight. I really thought that. The whole process, I went over to mom's, my mom's house. I picked her up. She arranged to help me out with a loan. With a loan. What a joke that was. I knew it wasn't going to be a loan. I knew I was being selfish. I knew I needed the money to get this car. I had to get this car. I went over there and saw the guy. When I saw my mom and dragged her to the bank, she literally was in a fog. She got the money. She she She... She told me she loved me and that she wanted to do anything that she could do to help. And all I could think of was drinking. I needed to keep that drinking going, boy, and I wanted to get home as quick as possible. Let's get all the other stuff done. You know, like get a car, like release release my car that I've been driving that they wanted to get. I went over to a parking lot by a golf course. I, I called the company up and I said, come get my car. The keys are underneath. The seat, this is a car that I had driven for quite a while. I was way behind on payments. And I went over to the guy's mobile home, trailer home, whatever, whatever, and checked out his Honda and gave him two grand without even test driving the car. And he gives me the keys and he goes, oh, by the way, I need the license plates because I'm a, uh, he's a radio uh, ham operator. And he's got his call letters on the license plate. So there I am with the keys to a Honda, a beat-up Honda, $2,000 Honda that I just bought with no license plates on the front or the back. And in California or anywhere, boy, ain't that a red flag. 
So, of course, I immediately went over to the driver's, uh, driver's, uh, the U, <clears throat> you know what you call it. <laughs> they, they call it uh, D dot over here, but I went over to the, uh, DMV in El Cajon. And, and if anybody who's from San Diego knows that the DMV is like pure hell, you know, you're in for at least couple hours of standing. I stood around. I got my big, huge numbers to put on the back of the the back of the car and drove this rickety car home. The only relief that I had was, A, I knew they weren't going to come take this Honda since I just got it used. B, where's the closest liquor store so I can load up so I can continue my drinking? Think about how crazy that is. The whole time... And I get the phone call that I know my car is going to be taken. Could be any time now. I look in the uh, paper and I find a car that's for sale. I drag my mom to the bank. She gets money out of the bank. I go get this used car. The only thing that I can think of really that made more important of anything was drinking, was getting that daily fix, so to speak. I get the drinking, you know, get all that stuff. I get going put it into my system. I continue this process now for quite some time until I get my first major bloody nose. And it came out of nowhere. And it really did. I was walking home in the alleyway and it came flooring out of my head. Pouring out of my nose, basically. We could put it that way. I went home to the condo, walked upstairs and collapsed. My roommate, she came home, saw me that way. We call, she called the paramedics, and there I was taken away to the hospital. And I was treated for alcoholism, or not really alcoholism, whatever you call it when you're full of booze and no food, totally dehydrated, totally weak, brought in like around three in the afternoon. They treated me. I was let go late that night, I believe. I somehow got home. I think either I took a taxi or something. And guess where I went 25 minutes later after I was home from the taxi? Yeah. I went over to the closest liquor store within walking distance, loaded myself up some more with more booze. Can you explain that? I can. That's the life of an alcoholic that's that's got nowhere to go but down. Nowhere to go but down. There's very few alcoholics, the functioning ones that go to work, the functioning ones that have a life, the functioning ones that feel that they have to drink, that maintain their health for quite a while. There are the alcoholics that are destined to drink deeper and deeper. And the only thing that follows that is death. I'll tell you what, my next segment, I'll tell you when round two comes with the paramedics, and I'll tell you what what finally, finally makes me think, you know what, maybe I should go to a meeting. Maybe I should go check and see what this is all about. Once again, my name is Bromo, telling you that there is a way out if you have any friends or family members that you feel, or yourself, that feels that you are on your way to a rock bottom. There is a way out.
for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.